Hey, good morning, everybody. I feel like I should um, like check in with everybody in the freeze zone over here. Are y'all doing okay over there? I see there's like icicles hanging off you, and like there's a. Oh, well, Chris is gonna take the blanket. Okay, I thought you're not gonna share that, are you? Okay, so bring blankets next time. Sorry. It's all right. We're awake. We're awake. Good. All right. Well, hey, um, it's been like a, a few years since I was in junior high. Um, a couple. But I can recall, it was like, it was pretty nuts. Um, I mean, Brenna, um, Brenna teaches junior high. Like, she can, she can vouch, she can back me up on this. That's how long it's been. <laughs> middle school. It's now middle school, yes. Uh, I can remember, it was like, it, it was pretty much chaos. Um, you got like all this drama flying around all the time. Am I right about this? Am I right about this? Okay. Um, and I think how most people would define peace is, it's, it's more like tranquility, the absence of conflict, right? Um, but that's not a word. Tranquility is not a word that I would describe seventh grade. And that is the grade that my eldest son, Moses, is in right now. And a couple of weeks ago, he was goofing around in class with another kid. It was pretty harmless. Um, but when Moses turned his back on this kid, the kid just hauled off and just smacked him right in the back of the head. And the teacher saw it, called the kid over to her desk, and she gave him lunch detention. And I think this is probably what the school considers peace, you know, like peace as punishment. You know, like this kid got what he deserves, the loss of his lunch period for a few days, and, and maybe he'll think twice about smacking someone again, which like, it's not a bad way to look at peace, I guess. Like peace, this is like peace is justice, right? Like there's no peace without justice. But still there's a problem for Moses because... Now this kid is really pissed off. And the bell rings, and the kid gets a couple of his buddies, and they find Moses in the hallway. Hey, Moses, he says. Moses turns around. The kid smacks him right in the left eye. Now, like what this kid doesn't know is that for almost the last year, Moses has been training 11 hours a week in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which, if you don't know, is a grappling martial art that's based on submitting your opponent by exploiting the weakness of their joints. Like, your joint doesn't like to go that way. I'm going to make it go that way. And by submitting your opponent with chokeholds that stop the blood flow through your uh, nefesh, which I'm... I'm hoping that everyone knows this word now, yes? So Moses has become very good at doing both of these things. And what this kid also didn't know is that just a couple weeks before, Moses became a gold medal champion at the World Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition in Texas. Can you tell him I'm a little bit proud? Can you tell him a little bit? So what I'm trying to tell you is that Moses could have utterly destroyed this kid in seconds flat. It would have been really easy. 
And while I'm proud of like all these skills, you know, that he's learned, like I'm equally proud that in his training, <laughs> it's allowed him to show the incredible restraint, the enormous discipline and self-control to not decimate this little punk, right? And that is a whole other level of peace, to have the ability to make peace through dominance, but not use it. That's, that's the definition of, of meekness. It's not timidity. Meekness is not timidity. Meekness is the ability to restrain one's power. So on this second Sunday of Advent, like, what's peace? Like, that's kind of what we're exploring here. What's, well, what's peace, then? Is peace tranquility the absence of conflict? Well, yeah. Totally. If you, were, if you were here on Wednesday night, you would have experienced tranquility during Advent yoga right here. And then non-tranquility with the 20 kids <laughs> on the other side over there. You were there. You know what I'm talking about. It was chaos, yes. <laughs> Mackay can vouch for that. It was chaos. That's right. So, is peace justice the righting of wrongs? Like, well, yes, absolutely. Is peace mercy the showing of restraint? Yes. It's all these things. And there's an even bigger vision that Scripture offers us when it uses the word peace, when it uses this Hebrew word shalom. It has, a, it has something even more in mind. It's not the absence of something. It's also the presence of something. Shalom means a wholeness. Shalom means a completeness. Like in Joshua chapter 8, Yahweh says, make an altar out of a shalom stone. Right? That's that is a whole stone, a complete stone, a stone that with no cracks, no pieces missing from it, a shalom stone. Or when David visits his brothers on the battlefield, he asks them about their shalom. Brothers, how's your shalom? Right? How's your peace? Isn't that a great question? In the complexity of your life, that's so full of, of just all these moving pieces and parts and relationships, is there anything missing? He's asking them. Is there anything that needs to be restored that can be restored? Because this table right here is missing a prayer for peace, and now it's found it. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Isn't that a great question? And so maybe that's a better word for shalom, is peace as restoration. Like, for instance, in, in Proverbs 16:7, when it speaks of restoring and healing a, a, a broken relationship... It calls it bringing shalom. And I think Moses knew that too. Uh, Moses knew that he had to go back into class with this kid. Moses knew that he had to pass him in the halls and probably after school and maybe do that for the next like six years. So when they were in the principal's office or the vice principal's office and the other kid showed, you know, a little bit of remorse. And the vice principal asked Moses, okay, how does two weeks of lunch detention sound? Does that sound fair to you, Moses? Moses said, uh, we don't need to do any more detention. Really, Moses? 
the other kids said with surprise. Yeah, no, no more lunch detention. Oh, wow, thanks. You made a friend. And that, that, my friends, that is a risky kind of peace because it's not just about not fighting. It's about relationships restored. It's about, like, things working together as a whole. And this is what Israel's kings were supposed to be providing for Israel. And that through Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city of shalom, the city of peace, the city of wholeness, that a wholeness would be brought to the whole creation, to the whole world. But this rarely happened. And that brings us to today's reading in Isaiah 9. The prophet Isaiah looked forward to a future king, a king that would be different from all other kings, and one that Isaiah calls the Prince of Shalom whose reign would bring shalom with no end, when God would make a covenant of shalom with God's people and right all wrongs and heal all that's broken. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, the angels say, do you know what this means? Do you know what this means? This means peace on earth. Jesus, our shalom. Jesus, the wholeness of humanity, the one who loves God with his whole heart the one who loves his neighbor as himself, the one who even loves his enemies and makes a way for us to live wholeheartedly in shalom. Jesus, even risking peace on the cross. While Jesus is dying for, for humanity, people around him are like, look, if, if you're who you say you are, just like, you just get off the cross, you know, and just like, take your revenge right here, right? Why don't you do that? But Jesus knew that that kind of peace only leads to just like a copycat violence, just perpetuates it. It doesn't bring the peace that it promises. Jesus says, I give you my peace not as the world gives it. Because the world gives peace through control and domination. See, we're at peace because I've submitted you. That's, that's the peace of Rome right there, right? That's the peace of all empires throughout time. But shalom, it doesn't work that way. Just look at the track record of history. It doesn't work that way. Jesus knew that there's a real peace when God's power is used not to decimate us, but to say, this is my body and it's broken for you. This is my blood, it's poured out for you. That is, a, that is a radically different kind of peace, is it not? That is a risky peace. So, friends, what will it look like for you to stick your neck out for peace? How's your shalom in the complexity of your life? That's so full of so many moving pieces and parts and relationships. Is there anything missing? Is there anything that needs to be restored, that can be restored? And I know not all things can be restored right now. And holding that empty space, that is rough.
That's where some of us are at right now. So what have you heard yourself thinking right now as I've been talking? Even for me, like even as I've been talking, <laughs> I've, been, I've actually had another conversation going on in the, in the back of my head that you, don't, you all don't know about. That's like, yeah, Ryan, you've got a friend that you need to reach out to. Life is too short. Call him up, man. See if things can be restored. That feels, that feels really risky to me. But Jesus says, I give you my peace. I give it to you. It's like Jesus is saying, I make this available to you. It's available to you. The shalom of Jesus is somehow available to you right now. I want to give it to you, he says. A peace with God. A peace with yourself a peace with others, a wholeness. That's something that Jesus wants to do in you. So can we pray? Can we pray for that now? God, this might be the closest thing that I get to an altar call, but I'm, I'm speaking for myself and for some of us in the room and, and watching at home, and there's just a prayer that rises up that says, yeah, I don't know much about this peace, this wholeness, this shalom that you talk about, God, but it is something that I want. And I don't know where to start either. But I want to start with knowing you, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Because I've tried like, lots of techniques and self-help and stuff like that, and, it, and I, think I, just, I think I need to get close to you, you who are whole, in your humanity and divinity. Because maybe in knowing you closely, peace will follow. Maybe shalom will follow. And even as I pray this, I, I feel like this resistance rise up in me that says, yeah, but I, I don't have the patience to produce that kind of peace. And, and Jesus, you say, good, yes. Ask for it. I want to give you that. Yeah, but... I, I'll need a forgiving heart, too. I definitely do not have that. And Jesus says, yeah, you know, you are right about that. You're going to need that. Let's work through that, too. Yes, but can you, give, can you give me peace in the midst of heartbreak? And Jesus says, yeah, my heart breaks with you, too. Jesus, Jesus, will you, you give us these, these gifts that you want to give us? We're asking you for them. God, we need wholeness. We need it in ourselves. We need it in our families. We need it in our country. We need it in our world. The need is really great, God. We are sticking our necks out here. And we know that you have stuck your neck out for us. We don't know how. We don't know how you'll do this. But we call on you, God, to be our shalom. Amen. Amen.